For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey, everybody. Uh, We are back with Tasha uh, Chapman. Um, Tasha, once again, you've given us a lot of helpful counsel um, and advice, and something we often ask youth workers on this show is uh, has to deal with parents and youth ministry is not just ministry to youth it's ministry to the whole family um, and so our question is is kind of focused on that today and the question is what are and we're, we're keeping with the theme of three things uh, but it can be more more than three it doesn't have to just be three uh, but what are three things you would encourage youth workers to do when teaching parents uh, without a doubt youth workers are going to have to teach parents in some kind of context even if it's not formal could be informal um, and obviously that can be intimidating uh, to many youth workers so what's some what's some advice uh, you would have in teaching parents yeah I think this is a this is an amazingly uh, insightful question really important question um, for us all to think about um, and so the first place I want to go is kind of the obvious place of we've got to build trust um, realizing that um, our parents, um, this can be a very fearful time uh, to be raising teenagers. Uh, we can feel threatened even by the youth workers um, as parents. And, um, and so building trust with them means we must spend time just with the parents. Um, that we need those, hey, parent, this is a time to be just with the parents. Parents, please come to this, come to that, whatever. Being available uh, to the parents. Um, and one of the first things, I think, besides just literally really making time and space to be with the parents of our of our youth is to let them hear and understand and ask questions about your passion for their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really going to help build trust. And they're going to realize you are not competing for their kids' attention. You're not competing for their kids' affections um, and for their kids' trust. Um, but you really have a heartfelt um, and, and, and calling from the Lord um, to work with this age group and, and what that means to you. And so for the parents to hear those testimonies from the youth workers, I think can go a long way in building trust mm-hmm. um, and respect. Obviously, um, showing respect for the parents, showing that, um, that their work is incredibly hard and um, saying things like, we don't even understand how hard it is in your household. We don't have to live with your your kids, but we can sure love them and we can sure help make the church and make Jesus a welcoming place for them. And, um, and Hey, by the way, we know we get to say things and do things with your kids that you don't. And we hold that trust, um, with extra special care. Um, and so letting the parents interact with that as they hear your passion um, for their kids can just be such a, such an encouragement to the parents. I remember the first youth group meeting for parents that I went to when my eldest, you know, was mm-hmm. just uh, just old enough to join the youth group. And uh, I really came out so encouraged mm-hmm. because that's what they did. They just shared their passion for this age group. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, they, these people, these youth workers are so bold 
and so committed and so passionate. And I'm so thankful for them because I don't want to do what they're doing. That would scare the dickens out of me. You know, I don't want to take 80 of these kids to Florida for a week. You know, (laughs) I don't want to take these kids to, you know, a foreign country, Mm -hmm. you know, you could build houses like what? (laughs) So just um, wonderful. That's the first one, you know, just that building trust by actually spending time. Absolutely. And that, that points to kind of what you were saying yesterday, just the relational aspect of teaching that, you know, as your, uh, you know, example, a youth worker bringing parents in where they are sharing that passion, there is a relational component that's taking place there. They're getting to know this person. Um, and, and that, you know, hopefully does foster uh, trust. So that's some yeah good advice. Yeah, yeah. So the second one is kind of a a part two to that, because you need to establish some trust of just sharing your own passion and your own heart for for their kids um, first. But then, um, you know, if you get some relationships established and the parents are used to coming and and hearing from uh, the youth workers occasionally, then you can help really calm the parents' fears and minister directly to the parents by teaching them kind of what the latest is uh, going on in youth culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the parents are not pulling uh, youth culture books off the shelves. They're not pulling the latest social science on what's going on with our adolescents in this country. Um, they're not on YouTube. They're not on Twitter um, the same way the teens are. And so parents, as parents, we are so blind to what our kids are dealing with um, when they're away from us most mm-hmm. of the day. Um, the youth culture is a very, very different culture than the ones that we hit um, in our workplace during the day. Um, and even if the kids are homeschooled, they're still hitting that youth culture every time they step outside the house. It's in the air they breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the stores. It's uh, in, uh, you know, the sports teams that they're joining or, or being with, et cetera. Um, so to help the parents actually understand that by bringing some of the research, you know, the the youth workers are, are reading these things and they're learning from the research and to actually bring some of that to the parents to set up a, a, a mini lecture and some discussions with the parents about, hey, this is what's up with youth culture and um, and let's work together on what can we do about this um, uh, and, and create discussion in the church. Um, let me give you an example of, of where a lot of our churches um where we really failed together as a body of Christ in this area. When Harry Potter, and not to, hopefully we're, you know, distant enough from Harry Potter, uh, you know, conflict so we can talk about it uh, without getting too emotional. Um, But the very point that, you know, when Harry Potter became popular, um, saw a lot of parents just get very fearful uh, about it and not know what to do about it. And they feel like, oh, I got to read this before I let my teens read it. But, oh, no, they're already reading it before I can get to it. And what do I think about this? And oh no, now there's movies. Um, and again, when things like that happen in our youth culture, when there's something big uh, and overwhelming, uh, for the youth leaders to say, hey, we've studied up on this a bit. We've talked to some experts. Hey, let's um, come in here, what we're thinking, what we've learned. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't become something where the youth leaders are doing one thing and using Harry Potter examples in all their teaching of the scripture. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got parents at home that are saying, my kids shall not read Harry Potter, you know. Um, and I don't want to make light of that mm-hmm. um, conflict because um, the church really felt it quite harshly here in this country, even more harshly in England mm-hmm. uh, at the time. Uh, but it's an interesting example of can we, as youth workers, as we are working on youth, understanding youth culture and the challenges, and we have our, our fingers on the pulse of the most current 
threats, if you will, um, or blessings or encouragements or good things about youth culture to share that with the parents now and then. And, you know, and I'm not thinking every month, but I'm thinking maybe twice a year, you mm-hmm. know, here's what's up. Um, another part of that where we can actually bring content that we know that we've got more experience with than the parents is is about the developmental growth mm-hmm. uh, of these years. Our parents um, do not develop, you know, dip into the developmental research usually. Uh, no one handed them a handbook on um, what does, you know, what is it like to to uh, be, you know, 13, 14, 15, so, you know, as far as your cognitive growth and changes, your physical growth and changes, those we kind of remember mm-hmm. from our youth, but our social growth and changes, et cetera. Um, but there's some good, you know, there's good research on that, and it can really help calm our parents down to realize, oh, what I was so frustrated about is actually just, it's not sinfulness in my teen, it's just their limitations in their developmental stage right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can learn about that, and, and I cannot fear it so much. And so that's just a second area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah a lot of helpful advice there. And just as you're saying all this, too, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, resources as the director of resources for RYM. It's, it, my mind just kind of thinks that way. And I think of, you know, one of your colleagues, uh, Jerem Bars, uh, his book, Echoes of Eden, um, right. specifically uh, talks about rolling and Harry Potter. And so just kind of, you know, point some people uh, to that resource as, you know, such a just an excellent an excellent book that deals with, you know, Tolkien as well as C.S. Lewis. Um, but just getting people to kind of think biblically about some of the uh, the storylines uh, to that, um, right. you know, series of right. books. Um, but then also somebody who's mentioned on this podcast a lot and has even been on this podcast is uh, Dr. Walt Mueller who's the president for Center for Parent Youth Understanding. And just he's kind of been beating that drum for decades of studying youth culture culture and knowing about youth culture. And I think um, that's really how CPYU started. He was a youth worker in a local church and just started relaying some of this youth culture information to parents and just saw the hunger for it from parents. And um, so really, I mean, just kind of going right along with what you're you're saying, that these parents are hungry uh, for that and that youth workers... Um, even though they're not necessarily living with teenagers in the house, uh, they they can uh, bring a lot of this information to parents and can be uh, the expert in a lot of ways. And so just kind of impar- imparting some confidence there uh, to them to do that. Um, so that's some Absolutely. good advice. Yeah, to remember that as a youth worker, you're seeing a bunch of kids that age, and maybe you worked with that age for several years, so you really have an expertise in that age. Whereas for the parent, they, they've only had one or two and so they don't know what normal is. They don't know what everything feels too big. Um, so not only do you have the teen, of course, going through all the, you know, changes that can make um, that a very dramatic set of years, um, but, but the parents doing it as well. And so, yeah, grabbing stuff off of Walt Mueller's website, um, leading some discussions with the parents about it. Um, you know, something happens in the culture um, that the parents need help on how do they respond to this with their kids. Um, yeah, really great ways to spend some time with the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. Anything else? Well, on that one, um, it ties into my third. Um, developmentally, cognitively, the teenage brain is very new at thinking abstractly. So, for example, just to state a little bit extreme, you can have a 10-year-old, 11-year-old that knows um, the catechism questions by heart, um, that really knows a lot of scriptures, has the Bible study uh, stories down, 
um, Pat really well um, from all their years, maybe being raised in the church and um, being well discipled at home. Um, and yet when they hit those teen years, their brain now can actually think a different way than it could before. So this person suddenly can sound like a raving atheist hmm. in your home. And it freaks the parents out because they're like, wait a minute, this kid two years ago sounded like a really mature believer that really had their theology down. And all of a sudden they're asking these huge wide questions like, what if God doesn't exist? How do I know God exists? What about hell? What about the people have never heard the gospel. What about, mm -hmm. you know, they're asking kind of the cliche, the big, the what if questions that there are no easy answers to. Um, and it can be very shocking um, to the parents. And they think, oh my goodness, I'm losing my child. Um, what actually is going on is they haven't been able to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. before. Not that way. Their brain's in a different place now. It can think about its own thinking. It can really think big abstract concepts and really want to, you know, work them. Now, our teen, our teen brain's a beginner at working abstract concepts. You know, algebra didn't come easily uh, for most of us, unless our brain was a little more advanced, you know, <laughs> than the person next to us. But, um, <clears throat> and so that's one of those areas where if, if, our, if our parents could understand, hey, those big questions that are suddenly coming out of nowhere, uh, those are great and important, and we really value those, and we're trying to make a space for your team to bring them, not just to your dinner table, um, but into youth group, and we really are going to work them, because this is new. They haven't been able to work them um, at the level they can work them now, uh, and so not to fear that, even if, um, especially when the parents don't feel like they have any good answers, and they're not prepared uh, for those big questions. Um, so that's, you know, that's a very particular, and that goes right into my third um encouragement for for teaching parents and leading you know having some good time in a in a teaching discussion session with parents is is this transparency of what you're doing with the youth and why you're doing what you're doing um so you know, i just almost want to say youth parents with youth can be incredibly fearful overly protective um and, and the way to help them grow and help them become parents, help them to be better parents, um, is to over-communicate with them mm -hmm. about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And so, for example, don't have a rake and run um, and just say, parents, drop your kids off at the church at 8 in the morning, Saturday morning, make sure they have gloves, bring all the rakes you can get, and that's all you tell them, <laughs> you know. Uh, obviously, you've thought more about it than that. You're thinking, okay, right now with the youth, we're really working on what does it mean um, to be needy? What does it mean to be hospitable, to be a neighbor? Um, we've been studying that maybe, we've been praying about it. So we've, we've talked about this with the kids and, they, and so now we're gonna try it and see what happens. The kids are gonna experience it with a rake and run and then we're gonna debrief you know, with our pizza afterwards, whatever. And that can be completely hidden from the parents. So they don't know why the child, they dropped them off or the child drove there themselves Saturday morning. The child was gone all day. They come home and they're exhausted. They're sunburned. They have, um, <laughs> you know, you can tell I've been through this myself. Um, they have, you know, uh, blisters on their hands. Uh, they're happy, but they're grumpy, exhausted, and they go straight to bed. Um, and the parent doesn't have a clue what went on that day or where they were or why even the youth group took the the kids to maybe a, a neighborhood that the parents feared that the parents mm -hmm. would not walk around in, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so something as simple uh, sounding as a rake and run 
um, to over-communicate and really, and go, if we're going to explain to the parents why we're doing something, that goes back to our first podcast. Then we got to know why we're doing it. We got to have a clear, you know, a clear learning objective, a clear goal that, hey, um, this rake and run is about helping our youth practice what we've been studying about loving our neighbor. Um, and they're going to experience some good things and some hard things maybe on the rake and run. And we're going to work on those uh, together afterwards. Um, and here's here's what we're hoping to see some growth in, in all our lives as a result. We got to know that ourselves. So we have to work on that. Um, but then to communicate that with the parents and make sure they can ask questions back, um, just that, that transparency of, uh, so that we don't look as youth workers like we're just doing crazy things to try to match the craziness of the, of the teams we're mm-hmm. working with. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we may still be doing crazy <laughs> things, but at least the parents and, and the teens to accept know why we're doing it and why we think this is actually going to further them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sports Christ. Yeah, but that's just a helpful perspective. I mean, just to think that it's true. Many parents are fearful uh, when their uh, children get yeah. to the teenage years, um, and now we're going to drop them off of this place where we don't really know every detail of what's going on. And and so, yeah, for the youth worker to be sensitive to that and to to like you said, over communicate, um, because most of those parents they do want those details, and it does kind of again go back to that fostering trust um, for sure. Um, but that is Absolutely. some yeah helpful advice for. Uh, youth workers just to kind of have that perspective uh, from the parents' uh, point of view. Um, So, Tasha, once again, that's very good. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a joy for me to think about that. I've lived that um, (laughs) with two kids of my own, so a little bit of personal passion uh, behind those (laughs) suggestions. (laughs) But I I should end just by saying that I have never been more thankful uh, for people called to work with youth than I was when my own youth were in youth when my own kids were in youth ministry. Uh, just so thankful that the Lord had put other adults in my kids' life um, that were building that intimate trust that only a mentor can build, that a parent cannot. It's very different from uh, from a parenting role. So Amen so thankful for all of you working with children, with the teenagers. Absolutely. And that just, yeah, it goes back to the, the beauty of the body of Christ. I mean, I still am about to have one that's in uh, youth ministry and, you know, have a lot younger children, but I know I need help. And so to know that uh, there are other people uh, who are passionate uh, about pouring into to students uh, is exciting to think about. So yeah, I'd say amen to that as well. So yeah, thank you. Absolutely. 